This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. I'm so glad that we're finally doing Jackie Kate. I didn't think we would. I, I wasn't going to put you through it. I was really open to it. I'd never seen any of the Chucky movies. I feel like I knew enough about it to kind of un- understand what we were going to be getting into here. Uh, but I'm glad that we're doing it too. I, I, I really like um, working our way through a franchise. Yeah, getting back to our roots. <laughs> um and and Chucky's a good one it has so many movies for us to uh get through and dump on but this was my uh favorite franchise before I saw 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 Seesaw Saw Saw (laughs) yeah I I loved Chucky as a kid I had never seen it I remember when I was a kid seeing advertisements for it and I feel like the first one I really saw and remember was the the Bride of Chucky trailer coming out because I remember being really intrigued by this sexy Jennifer Tilly doll concept I was just very 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 drawn to that idea um but just I think as I got old I of course like wasn't allowed to watch it which I think that kind of like taboo makes you more interested in it but then I just by the time I was getting around to actually watching horror movies, I think I had maybe washed my hands of Chucky because I was like, oh, that's like super camp. It's like campy horror. And so I had never gone back to it. Which is funny because it is very campy. And I also kind of just forgot about it. Like I had wanted to watch it as a kid. I was never allowed to. We lived near this old movie theater and I remember walking past it a few times and seeing like a Chucky poster up and wanting so badly to go see it I had I had dreams about watching it (laughs) but um I just sort of forgot about it until like you said Bride of Chucky came out and it it reignited that desire to to watch the Chucky movies so I didn't actually get into Chucky until junior high um but have been a super fan ever since yeah I feel like the haunted doll genre of movies got a nice little resurgence with what Annabelle uh, in the 2010s, those right. Annabelle movies. And then I wasn't surprised that they rebooted it uh, and made it, you know, a remake of Child's Play. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen any of these movies, including the remake. And I actually didn't really know what the plot was apart from the fact that it was like a haunted doll. Um, and so I don't actually know if the remake is is a true remake or if it's like a continuation in the franchise. Well, I hope you enjoy this series enough to enjoy the remake. And I'm, I'm excited for us to get to it. Me too. I was really surprised when I was looking at the details around this movie uh, after watching it and saw that this has a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's it's actually pretty good up until you get to some of the silly stuff at the end with like the voodoo and 
Chucky yelling at his own body to stab people. It's just, it gets a little out there, but most of the movie is actually not that bad. I totally agree. I had such a surprising reaction to this movie. I always make a big deal about how I only watch movies once um, in prep for our episodes, um, especially if I've seen them before. Uh, This movie I watched twice. I watched it once um, just to get a feel for it and really enjoyed it. And then I watched it again and still really enjoyed it. It was really, it was fun. It's a, it's a fun horror movie, I will say. Yeah. And it's, I'm glad you watched it twice because it's a good uh, introduction into the, to the whole series. You know, like the first episode's pretty classic. You get to know Chucky and he's such a little shit. He's such a jerk. It is so character driven. Like it's very, very character driven. And I totally get how this series turned into this kind of cult classic. They had not like a super lean budget. I mean, it was 9 million and then grossed 44, which is not like gangbusters, but this also came out in 1988, which I think that people weren't going to go see movies in like quite the same way as they were maybe in the the late 90s to through the 2000s. I think the character of Chucky is just so fun. I mean, you love to hate him, but you also want to see him uh, you know, murder people. Like it's kind of fun to see this little doll <laughs> get one over on on everybody that he comes across and uh his sidekick is a child (laughs) i thought it was so funny how it is the soul of this like notorious serial killer is transferred into the body of this doll but he's so funny he's so quippy like all he does is just run around and like have all this little word play as he's trying to murder people (laughs) and so I I kept on trying to think of what he would have been like just as a serial killer like when he was in his human form was he also running around like like yelling at people and like (laughs) making little jokes as he's like strangling them (laughs) just being a general bully there's this scene where Andy kisses him goodnight and it's like right before you know, Chucky t- goes on this like murderous rampage the next day and like attacks Andy. And it's really funny to juxtapose how sweet Andy is with what a monster Chucky is. Andy is like the stereotypical <laughs> 70s and 80s horror movie kid. Like he is basically the same character as Danny from The Shining. Or what, Elliot from E.T.? Right. They have these <laughs> little Maybe Drew Barrymore. These little white boys with their bowl haircuts and they're so like sweet and they love their moms like it's just like (laughs) the 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 80s were like this renaissance of like oh let's let kids be kids and so to have like him I mean Andy is like really like the main character apart from Chucky we get the most screen time with him and Chucky than we do with anyone else and he's just a little he's just this like sweet little boy who like who's like I have to go take a leak. And <laughs> like he has to go potty. He says, tinkle. <laughs> tinkle, yeah. <laughs> I have to take a tinkle. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love when he uh tells tells Maggie or tells his mother what Chucky says about Aunt Maggie being a, a stupid bitch who gets what she deserves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
Jesus, this kid. I know. It's like this kid like has has never been exposed to anything negative in his entire life. Yeah. And so he just doesn't know how to like process anything. He's not like, oh, I'm saying a bad word right now. It's like he's been totally sheltered from bad words and death. I mean, he he like saw that Maggie when she was watching him, you know, obviously like fell out of a window and like must have died, but but he just he does he's like, "Oh, Aunt Maggie had an accident." He doesn't he's just <laughs> like so she sheltered. Wet herself? What? Yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to give us a quick synopsis before we dive in? Sure. The qu- quick synopsis for this movie is a single mom uh, buys her six-year-old son a doll uh, that she does not realize has been possessed by the soul of a serial killer, Charles Lee Ray. And he, through voodoo magic, n- needs <laughs> to try and reinsert himself into a human body by the end of the movie I think that covers the bases (laughs) yeah I mean that's it in a nutshell and uh, you know with this spell there are certain rules that apply one is that Chucky needs to put himself inside the first person who found out he's Chucky who found out about him being a murderer that's rule number one so that means Andy is the target sweet little Andy um, and then also he's running out of time there's only a certain amount of time left before he becomes human inside of a doll body which would I guess suck I you know <laughs> I, I was thinking about this <laughs> he, he gets away with a lot as a doll it seems like it'd be kind of cool to to be a murderous doll I, I have so many issues with this. <laughs> I wasn't okay. So this movie at the top, it just drops you in with, you know, the cop, the detective, Mike Morris, chasing Charles Lee Ray. He chases him into this toy store, and then he starts chanting because he knows he's dying or is going to be caught, and it pulls in this lightning and then transfers him into this doll doll body and I was like oh okay so he's like a satanist or something I didn't like I mean of course this was going to be a supernatural movie but I wasn't expecting it to be like that and then they drop on you like halfway into the movie that he's like a voodoo practitioner (laughs) and it's and it's Haitian voodoo and you're just like why is this serial killer that they're calling the strangler like verse like how did this guy get involved in Haitian voodoo yeah it's they touch on it we meet the guy who teaches him but it's really not clear like why do you work together this guy this this voodoo doctor um teacher is like you're a bad person I don't want to help you (laughs) like why did you ever help him I know why did you begin with why did you teach him how to transfer your soul into an object (laughs) but then also not tell him what the rules were like he knew he knew enough about the voodoo to transfer his soul into a body but then didn't know these like arbitrary rules about about it afterwards (laughs) it feels like you'd want to read the fine print on something like this a little bit yeah (laughs) I, I don't yeah but 
you know, he's he's a bad guy, so he's like not going to worry about that until it's his problem, I guess, because he's kind of foolhardy, bullheaded. He's an asshole. Yeah, I guess he could just just have steamrolled in there. But I mean, they obviously spent a lot of time together because when they go into this guy's house, they see this very intricate mural painted on his wall that actually has like Charles Lee Ray like painted into the mural. <laughs> like they're buddies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they've like spent the time like painting each other into this mural, but then not enough time like actually talking about what the rules of this like voodoo incantation were going to be like. Who painted that mural? I... Do you think they painted it together? I hope so. I was thinking about how arts and crafts is just such a big theme for so many of our serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> it must be like a left brain, right brain type thing. And us. <laughs> yeah, and us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, did you ever have a doll like Chucky growing up? Uh, not did- like Chucky where it where it talked and was big. I was a big a doll kid though I I had like fancy little porcelain dolls and they're like frilly little dresses that I really liked I loved Barbies um definitely very doll oriented what about you I mean I grew up in the day in the 80s and I was spoiled of course um I had a Teddy Ruxpin Ruxpin Ruxberry what is it Teddy I think it's Ruxpin I have no idea that bear that that like Oh, that's so cool. Okay. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, It was like this teddy bear that you put a cassette tape into and it would read you. I think it was like to read you stories or something. Mm. I forget, but it would talk to you with the cassette tape and its eyes would blink and its mouth would move. Oh, funny. So I had a teddy ruxpin. I had um, a kid sister, which was the girl's counterpart to my buddy. Do you remember those? I don't know any of these. I love it. <laughs> it was like this stupid, it was this giant doll. It didn't do anything. It was just big. Mm. And it had a theme song and like, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. And like, you would just carry your big ass doll around, I guess. Oh, man. Um, my Little Ponies um, was really big. And I, I had a ton of My Little Ponies. Mm-hmm. Uh, not exactly a doll, but, you know, they came with their own show. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they were just like a way. Uh, the show was like part of promoting the toy. Um, that think, was super popular I back th- then. Yeah. There was this zeitgeist in the 80s where I think that they realized that you could have a property that could make you money on a bunch of different fronts. Like not only a TV show that then got advertising money, but also the associated toys um, and clothes and breakfast cereal. It was like this whole network of branding for these toys. Yeah. And you had a lot of like crossover, like, uh, you know, we had Fruity Pebbles, which, for example, which is not Really, I'm trying to think, like, what does this have to do with the Flintstones? It, it was marketed with the Flintstones right. characters on it. You know, things like that were really common. They don't do that as much to kids today, I think from that, what I've noticed. I it's, like, it, usually a special edition thing. or mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it even ebbed into the 90s because I feel mm-hmm. like the the big touchstone dolls and toys through the 90s didn't necessarily have, like, 
the same top to bottom. Although I, maybe that's not true. I was really into Power Rangers, which definitely mm-hmm. had, um, a sh- you know, a show and toys and um, Halloween costumes. I was, I want to say when I was in kindergarten, I was the Pink Ranger, but I was like mm-hmm. one of like 15 Pink Rangers because <laughs> that was like the big thing at the time. Like everyone was the Pink Ranger. The doll that I had that I feel like is the most spiritually akin to like the Chucky doll um, in terms of maybe spookiness was Furby. Oh, you had a Furby. I had a Furby and I loved my Furby and I would try and teach it how to talk. I remember like disliking it over time because I would put it in my closet at night because it needed to be like dark or whatever to go to sleep. But then it would periodically wake up at night. Oh God. And it would be like hungry, hungry, like <laughs> in the middle of the night coming from my closet. <laughs> Demanding food. Yeah. How scary. I know. <laughs> Furbies are so funny. I I like think it's so funny how I don't I don't recall if they ever tried to make a show or anything out of it, but I'm almost certain that they tried to capitalize off of it as much as they could because that was super hot for a while. Yeah, it, it really didn't need much help. Um, but you see that in this in this movie that Chucky is, you know, the good guy doll comes with a TV show like the TV show helps really just promote the toy, mm-hmm. which was it was just a giant commercial. And that was pretty common I think in the 80s as well it's it's one thing to make the toy right for the sake of making a toy or whatever but then deciding to backtrack and like okay now let's come up with a story so we can sell more toys to kids it's kind of nefarious I think it's pretty insidious it's very 80s I and I really like movies that are products of their time where you know these filmmakers are looking at the cultural landscape and they're like man my little ponies and smurfs and like all of this where it's just like merchandise 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 like let's make a a movie about that culture of yeah of merchandising I mean you've got Andy with his good guy doll breakfast cereal and his he's wearing <laughs> he puts like, sugar on it he's got the pajamas and the sneakers and like yeah it's just very like top to bottom he's got all of the merchandise you know we get to see some of that weird 80s parenting as well you know obviously they're relying on toys <laughs> to raise their children his mother just like pulls out all the stops to get him this toy like she buys it from a homeless guy in a shady looking like shopping cart on the side of the road like aren't you a little worried <laughs> about buying this thing for your kids like what if there's a needle inside and her friend Maggie is like how do we know it's not stolen and it's like of course it's, <laughs> it's gonna stolen. be hot like this is like a peddler with his push cart in an alley selling you a brand new doll that normally retails for a hundred bucks for 30 bucks like of course it's stolen <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely stolen <laughs> I oh my god thought it was so funny that she is like obviously this like working mom who like just capitulates to her child's demands for a very expensive toy she bought him clothes which he's six years old like no six-year-old boy is gonna want to like open a big box that looks like a toy box and then have it stuffed full of clothes it was the biggest box there (laughs) like you are so mean why would you do this to him there's this funny like tension between you know his mom just like kind of letting him like have a little bit run of the house and 
you know, going above and beyond to get him this doll that he really wants, even though she got him like other gifts for for his birthday and needs to budget for these things um, in comparison to um, Aunt Maggie babysitting him, where I just love how brusque people are with kids in the 80s. <laughs> where kids are better seen and not heard oh yeah it's like nope it's bedtime like it like he's like just up like has just finished his birthday cake and she just like scoops him up and is like nope you're going to bed (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile he's like um my doll would like to watch the news so can we leave him there i i love that maggie's like absolutely not she she's just like you're going to bed right now and she's like sweet with him where she is like okay give me a kiss but also you're going to bed right like she's like yeah aggressively tucking him into bed as she's like but yeah <laughs> yeah doesn't she just kind of like just he's like tightened down it looks like plastic wrap the way she tucks him in <laughs> yeah she really she really gets him in there it's and then maggie you know is the first victim and right after like the next day Andy goes back to school. Like, there is no exploration of his mental health at all. Obviously, he knows and loves Maggie. He knows that she's had, quote unquote, an accident. The police somehow think that he, this six-year-old boy, could be a murderer. That's weird. Super weird. (laughs) Super weird take for this movie to be super suspicious of this small, sweet child. Uh, and then his mom's like, well, I got to go to work the next day. And so she just yeah. like drops her kid off at school with the doll and then like goes off to work. Yeah. I mean, they see the footprints in the, in the flower. Is it like flower or yeah, sugar it's flour, or something on yeah. the counter? But, and then he shows his feet and there's no powder. Like there's nothing there to show that it would be him. I mean, but what are you supposed to do? Look at the bottom of a doll's foot. <laughs> yeah. And the... Like, the way they handled that was weird. Very the police. Yeah, the not police the movie are very weird because they get every scene that they have with Andy, they're very suspicious. They're interrogating. And I'm like, did they not know how to talk to children in the eighties? They're just like, <laughs> no. you were here at the scene of the crime, so you're a suspect. <laughs> After um Chucky blows up Eddie Caputo's house and, and the cops pick up Andy. <laughs> And Chucky, oh my God, that whole scene, the whole scene of Andy like kind of breaking down in front of the cops and his mom and he's like punching on Chucky where he's like, why are you a liar? Why are you lying to me? And it turns out that there's like a psychiatrist behind like double mirrored glass and he says he doesn't even come into the room to like pull the mom aside to be like, we have some very troubling concerns about your son. He like does it over an audio speaker and it's just like, I've yeah. seen enough. We're going to take your child away. <laughs> He's crazy. And they put him in a psychiatric room that has literal bars on the window. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, what and is going on? And he is like on? so scared and there's like being chased around with a needle like just calm him down and I know yeah, it's so scary for this little kid <sighs> yeah I just can't imagine like um like I don't know if when people were watching this in the 80s if they were like yes this is what we do to children who are crazy or <laughs> or if the audiences at the time were also like wow this is really excessive treatment of a child I can see it going both ways to be honest it's also a very misogynistic 
movie and very fine with that. That doesn't get challenged really until we get to see Tiffany later, you know, the Tiffany doll later on that that's challenged a bit more. But yeah, he's a he's such an asshole. And, and it's not just the doll. I mean, she gets hit on. The mother gets hit on randomly for no reason. Yes. The detective. Peddler who, tries to rape her. Right. Yeah. The detective is just wrapped up accusing her son of murdering her friend. And uh, then is like, so are we going to go out sometime? And I was like, where did this come from? And she just kind of takes it in stride where she's like, yeah. no, but she's not like. She's not as outraged as I want her to be. She's like 80s mad. It's like, oh, yeah, this is just what happens to women. I, That's how it felt <laughs> to I me watching this. I don't know what else this actress has been in, but I feel like I've seen her play a mom in like five other movies. Yes. Uh, you've probably seen her in Seventh Heaven. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Catherine Hicks. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly where I know her from. Yeah. She has a great mom vibe. She does. Yeah. I, you know, I was watching this, not behind the scenes, but it was like a panel interview with her and Andy and I forget who else. But, you know, she was like, I saw this movie as something between a mother and a son. Like this was something traumatic between a mother and the son. And like, this is about their relationship. She was like, I'm not into horror movies. <laughs> I'm more of a comedy person. <laughs> And I thought she played it really well. I, I really got that she cared about Andy. And I thought some of the best acting was like her shaking Chucky. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll make you talk. You know, like she's so distraught right there. I, 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 I love that scene with her. There were some really solid horror scenes. I think the scene where she moves the box and the batteries fall out was Mm -hmm. very good I was like oh shit <laughs> when that happened it was surprising and I was I it's not that I wasn't expecting the movie to be like good about that but I thought that that was smarter than I was expecting the movie to right. be right she's like realizing without the doll knowing like the doll didn't see her drop the batteries right so she's like terrified because she knows what's going on now and she's got to try to deal with it before the doll can hurt her, which just sounds insane. Like she must be thinking this is just total insanity. I must be losing my mind, you know, and she does her due diligence and, and looks for the battery back on his back. And that's when he gets her. It's, it's so good. It's really good. And she's her acting, I think is the best in the movie. I think that, her calling you know the detective and like tell and telling him you're a detective you want to find answers you're not going to be able to just leave this alone and you know then him in the immediate next scene getting attacked by the chuggy doll in his car is pretty great <laughs> yeah that's when we get to see that uh that strangler aspect <laughs> Of Chuck of Charles Lee Ray, which is good because I was really frustrated at the beginning when <laughs> they're chasing Charles Lee Ray, the the human, before he turns into Chucky, and they're like the Stranglers, like heading down this way, and you go like the whole movie with him like not trying to strangle anybody. The deaths are very all over the map, and I was like, why are they calling him a strangler when he's like it's not his go to move? Like he's doing a lot of he's other a voodooer. Things. Yeah, he's a voodoo, like the voodoo serial killer. Yeah. 
Oh, we should go through some of these deaths. There's there's some fun ones. They're yeah. good. Yeah, because this is like a straight up slasher movie. Like mm-hmm. I was expecting the kill count to be higher, but I will say that this is the first movie in the series. So I wouldn't be surprised if later movies have a significantly higher kill count. I'll never tell. <laughs> well, we've talked about the first one, which is Aunt Maggie, which is... Uh, poor Maggie. Yep. Uh, through a window very dramatically. Oh, yes. It's so good. It's it's really... Uh, I, I always feel sad, um, and I'll get to that in a second. But also, like, I find it so hilarious that Chucky just, like, hits her in the head with this child's hammer. And it's so much force that she flies backwards across the entire dining room and through the window like she breaks through the glass window I feel like if I was running full speed at my window right now it would not break like it's just (laughs) and it's because Chucky is supposed like the idea of Chucky is he's supposed to be like this man right inside the body of a doll but like somehow kind of retains the strength I was wondering that he I, an I was, adult. I was thinking that he must because <laughs> because it's not just his like spirit in the doll. It must also be his strength because of what he's able to do. Like they're really struggling to restrain him later. And I was like, yes. he, like okay, like even though he's this tiny little doll, his like proportional strength is like that of a full grown serial yeah. killer man's. <laughs> Yeah, like when they're grabbing him and he's like flopping around and I'm just like, oh my God, you guys just just hold him down. He's, he's a so doll. small. I know. And in some earlier scenes when they're kind of moving him around when he's like not alive in doll form, he has a very floppy doll body. Although <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess they do say that the longer he's in the body, the more he inhabits that body. So maybe over time he's getting like more f- fleshy or something like that yeah does he get stronger also Mm. I don't know but I was actually I I really got sad thinking about Aunt Maggie dying the last conversation they have is is just you know Maggie's babysitting and Karen's working for her asshole boss and is like blase it's like a very blase no big deal conversation and um Maggie's like give Deb a kick in the pants for me and I was like what if that was my last conversation with Kate (laughs) and she got thrown out a fucking window oh my god (laughs) it was really sad for me (laughs) to think about that is Maggie that is really sad I I guess I don't get too like personally caught up on like last words type things because I'm like oh Megan and I have many 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 hours of recorded conversation (laughs) and then many hundreds of hours of unrecorded conversation on top of that Um, but it is it is sad yeah I think she at one point a cop the cop asked her you know are you all right it's like no she's not fucking all right her best friend's dead and maybe it was her son I know, and they just like move on. She just goes yeah. to work the next day, and he goes to school. <laughs> Eddie Caputo, that whole death situation was top to bottom so wild. So the situation of of Andy getting on this train. Where does this movie take place? I think it's Chicago. It looked a little like Chicago, and so he's on this train. And he's a little boy. He's six years old. And he's alone on this train. 
No one stops. Well, he's got Chucky. Yeah, he's got Chucky. But no one's like, hey, little boy, <laughs> yeah. like, why are you alone? He gets off of this train and um, walks past a, like, homeless community, right? It's so derelict where he gets it's off. It's really, it's a really rough neighborhood. And um, the, the treatment of homeless people in this movie is so gross. They're just like, oh, these people don't care about children and child like welfare they're just like oh a little boy in this neighborhood like whatever uh and then they also like try to rape his mom um <laughs> um and everyone's a little despicable in this movie it's a I little guess. it's a little gross yeah and so yeah. while andy's off taking a tinkle in the great outdoors chucky you know confronts his uh accomplice his former accomplice and um, rigs up a gas explosion in this house, which is fine. But the fact that the cops are then like, this little boy went and found Charles Lee Ray's accomplice of his own volition and exploded his house. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, it's such a bizarre jump to go straight to Andy. Uh, no one Does anyone even know he's been on the bus that day? The whole thing is so like, why are they not doing more detective work around this? Like, why are they just like, this six-year-old yeah. boy is in pretty deep with this like crime network at this point. Like, He knew where to yeah. find their house. I guess because the alter alternate option is that the ghost of uh, Charles Lee Ray is uh, telling him where to go. But um, yeah, that one was pretty wild. Yeah, and then we get some more really great um, interactions between adults and children when the police start interviewing him without his parents present. It still rings true today. <laughs> I know. It's so dirty. The real horrors. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot in this movie where you're like, ooh, <laughs> I guess we yeah. do do that. I thought the voodoo doll death was pretty gruesome. Can't have a classic voodoo horror movie for a... Uh, for a bunch of white people without a, a voodoo doll coming in and, you know, taking care of business at one point. I think death by voodoo doll would be horrific because he breaks his limbs. He breaks like yeah. a bunch of his limbs before stabbing through the doll. It's like saw. It's gross. It was really gross. I was like, oh, God, I'd rather be electric shock therapy i think <laughs> like the doctor yeah which is like next right it is it's the last one <laughs> yeah yeah i felt bad for the for the voodoo guy um but also i was like should i feel bad for him because he's the one that taught charles lee ray to to begin with i mean what is this guy up to where he's intermingling with people like charles lee ray anyway i don't know it was I felt bad because he got introduced so fast and then he was just gone. I know. And he seemed like the ticket out of here for, for everyone involved. I couldn't tell what his intention was because when he has the confrontation with Chucky, he says, you're a bad person. I don't want to tell you about this. And so I want to believe that maybe he was somewhat coerced into yeah. working with him or didn't realize what Chucky's intentions were but I think it's me like overly giving the benefit of the doubt to this character <laughs> yeah it's hard to say it's it's because yeah we don't know him very well he just he's a victim all we know him as is a victim 
And that's sort of a bummer that we don't get to learn a little bit more about him and uh, the prayer to Dambala that is required. And our last death is that electric shock therapy at this like Arkham Asylum style psychiatric (laughs) hospital for children. (laughs) Why is there a surgical theater? (laughs) Yeah. Well, why is there equipment in this room that could shock somebody so badly that they bleed out of all their orifices and die? That's intense. Is that is that normal? I don't. Are I, they all that powerful? I know. Uh, how frequently are they using electric shock therapy? Are they also performing lobotomies in here? Like, what what is Jesus. this room for? <laughs> it doesn't make any. I was like, what is this view on psychiatric hospitals that they're giving are us? They still doing that in the eighties? Maybe almost nineties at this point. I mean, this movie came out in eighty eight. Yeah. So. It's getting kind of late for that kind of crap. I know. Again, with the 80s, I was like, is this kind of just poking fun a little bit? Like, you know, a very heightened portrayal of psychiatric hospitals for like the slasher movie effect? Or was this like the general kind of sense of like, oh, yeah, you go get some EST when you (laughs) when you're crazy in the head? I I am finding myself more endeared to slasher movies as we do this podcast because I find the variety and deaths are fun. They are. This is true. Which is, I think, what annoyed us about Jason X so much, right? It was sort of boring. It's very one note. A lot of it was boring. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that if you're going to do a slasher movie, the fun thing is to mix it up. I know they call Chucky a strangler at the beginning and then he doesn't actually strangle anyone to death in this movie uh, which is a little frustrating but the variety that we get here is so much more fun than I think if he were just strangling people over and over or just stabbing people over and over but we do have one more death actually in this movie and it's Chucky's death at the very end this is true (laughs) the most important (laughs) death of all He's taking his final ride uh, up the elevator to go find Andy and transfer his soul. And we get this really great shot of like these old people. And this kind of like stays, I think, with the series. Like people always comment on Chucky, the the good guy doll, and how ugly it is. It is a really ugly toy. Yeah, um, it's not cute. To be fair. (laughs) Yeah. And they, the woman looks back and she goes, ugly doll. And as he's riding up the elevator, he goes, fuck you. (laughs) I was like, this like sums up Chucky. Like Chucky is just mean. Like he's grumpy and mean and like not pleasant to anybody and very rude. I loved that moment. I loved the look of disdain on her face when she's looking at this doll that's like pretty ragged (laughs) at this point. And she's just like, ugh. (laughs) But Chucky makes it upstairs and... um. Andy's sort of like running away from him and, and trying to deal with him. And uh, his mother's with him. And Chucky finally gets shut into the fireplace, which is uh, where he was originally threatened with. So it's kind of fitting that that's where he ends up. Pretty smart. Well, with with his first death anyway, he's kind of like a, a zombie at this point. Like he keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. They can't really figure out how exactly to kill him, which I think makes sense because he's in this limbo between doll and human. And so, I mean, his head gets detached from his body at one point and he's able to just talk to his body and tell his body (laughs) what to do. But he has to like yell at his body what to do. 
Yeah, he's like, kill him, strangle him, stab him, whatever it is he's saying. Yeah. (laughs) Like in the third person to his own head or his own uh, body. First, he's caught on fire. That's not enough. We get like this really cool reference to The Shining when when they're hiding out in the bathroom and he starts stabbing through the door with his knife. Um, Oh, man. Women do not know how to hold doors closed. I was like, get your head away from that door. Jeez Louise. I know. And she's also screaming, so she's giving away her position. Yes. Oh my gosh. So he we have this nice like shining reference and uh Chucky loses his head at some point. So that's sort of like his second death, kind of. You know, whatever however we want to classify death in this case. And then finally, you gotta shoot him through the heart because uh love conquers all, I guess. <laughs> And that's what finally does him in is is when he gets shot in the heart. He's pretty destroyed by this point. I mean, he's like all blackened from being through the fire. He's like melty. He's a he's a mess. They and they do they kind of also throw a little like nod into Freddy. I think because um, you kind of see the wires coming out through his burnt fingers and it kind of looks like a freddy claw and he's got like that striped sweatshirt it really looked it reminded me a lot of freddy so i thought that was kind of cool so chucky's dead and now you've got all these adults sitting around with a with a child there's two police officers there's the mother and there's andy and everyone's like well now what like who's gonna believe us because it's crazy and i really liked how they brought that up yeah it's always you know, at the end of these horror movies, especially supernatural horror movies where it's like, oh, yeah, you've got someone, you know, the, the detective was stabbed and like these people have been through a lot. Like they need to get to a hospital. And it's like, how do you explain this? Like, <laughs> oh, I was uh, fighting a, a haunted doll <laughs> yeah. that then disappears. Because, <laughs> he, yeah, because yeah, he, he, he there uh, Andy at the very end, he's like, Chucky's gone. The way Andy talks in this movie is so, like, like key to be, like, maximally child innocent. Like, just his tone is so... Everything he says is so sweet, even when he's like, Aunt Maggie got what she deserved. Yeah. <laughs> even when, like, he's relay, when he's relaying, like, horrible things from Chucky. I feel so bad for Andy. He's just, like, what a mess is his life now, right? I mean, he just wants to be a normal kid and hang out with his mom he was so happy to get his doll and like now this doll is like possessed and has ruined his childhood and like broken up his family even more you know no more maggie really sad with how they've dealt with trauma so far in this movie he'll probably be in school tomorrow (laughs) he'll be fine (laughs) this movie in total 80s movie culture there was a really big controversy over this movie inciting violence in children and protests yeah. around it. And I know censorship and idea of like protecting the kids like really reached a fever pitch in the 80s. But I just cannot, I can't get in that headspace to think about how this is a movie studio problem and not a parent problem. Yeah. Who is letting their kids watch Chuck? I mean, I didn't get to watch Chucky. <laughs> you know, like kids need boundaries, guys. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I think that the controversy probably only helped its ratings, you know, encourage people to go see it. And 
I feel like that kind of thing didn't really dissipate for a while, though. Like the idea that, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a horror movie that's got some kind of like childish element in it, like a toy or something like that, that somehow kids are going to be attracted to it and then they're going to want to go kill people. I don't. Yeah. And and it's not even just like, don't let your kids see it. It's like, well, who is raising their kid to think, oh, I should go do these things that I saw this doll do? Like, you're you're just not teaching your kid the difference between right and wrong, or you're not dealing with them emotionally and they act out. Like, there's there's so many other reasons or faults to come into play before you start blaming a theater, right, or a movie studio, or a video game, or whatever, right? Yep. Like, or music, or you know, whatever yeah. they say. Yeah, I'm curious if this controversy lasted through the franchise or if it was just that kind of first one incited, you know, that panic and then it kind of subsided with the remainder. I don't remember any of that. I remember as a kid, like hearing more about video games and music driving people to kill, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not really so much Chucky because of how stupid it is, I would imagine. Right. I remember. I don't know. Yeah. I think the first thing that I have a conscious memory of with with that kind of controversy was um, Columbine because the mm. the kids listened to Marilyn Manson. Yes. Yeah. 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 Marilyn Manson was the boogeyman. Yeah. Yeah. And he still is today, turns out. Yeah. He's not really a very nice guy. <laughs> All those Christian parents um, were right in the 90s. <laughs> I know. We should have listened. <laughs> Well, before we take our first break, we should uh, we should decide, you know, um, is this movie rewatchable? And I think we did sort of uh, talk about that a little bit at the beginning. Um, Kate mentioned she actually watched this one twice. But we wanted to kind of give our thumbs up, thumbs down this season for each Chucky movie and, and whether or not you should rewatch it. <laughs> Will you get more out of it the second time? So Kate... I think I know the answer, but what do you rate this this movie on a rewatchability scale, up or down? I'm giving it a thumbs up. I said that I watched it for a second time. I don't always do that. And I think it was just fun. Like, I think that it's it's a easy movie to rewatch. Uh, I think watching it a second time really highlights some of the goofier elements, but I think it's a good time. Yeah, I'm also obviously giving this a thumbs up. I've seen it many times. And... You know, as I have gotten older, it's funny, like the the stuff that I latch on to more on a rewatch is just how badly I feel for this small child (laughs) dealing with this horrible doll. So, uh, yeah, I definitely give it a thumbs up. So let's take a quick break and we will come back with some fun segments with you guys. back and we have a couple of short segments to round out this episode we wanted to add some gameplay into the child's play uh season 
And we had a lot of fun last season with gravity and, and being a little more playful. So we wanted to play a game called catchphrases. And no, it's not that uh, game that you can go buy at Target. This is our, <laughs> we're, it's basically a, we're going to play some Mad Libs. And Kate is going to guess which uh, either tagline for the movie or quippy one-liner from Chucky this really is. So the way the game works is I've chosen uh, three catchphrases and taken out some important blanks. And before the episode, Kate gave me some Mad Lib style words to fill in those blanks. So I'm going to read each of these catchphrases to Kate. And she gets to dis- uh, guess what the actual catchphrase should be. So we ready, Kate? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm ready. All right. Hi, I'm Woody Allen. Want to vomit? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one is, hi, I'm Chucky. Want to yes. play? <laughs> yeah. yeah, classic. Classic. Uh, that's a good one because uh, everyone's heard this one and it's what the doll, the doll says to poor Andy before he ruins his life. All right, next catchphrase. This train car is shiny. Ooh, okay. Oh man, it's like they actually like, work well together. <laughs> um, this doll is deadly. Something like that. Ooh, you're so close. Am I okay? Yeah. Uh, this was a tag. One of the many taglines for this movie. There were so many taglines for this movie. Uh, this doll is killer. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. And I had to, you know, the first verb you gave me or the first uh, noun you gave me was doll. <laughs> I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> All right. Last one. You old underwear. You hairy guitar. I'll sprint you to drink with the Washington Monument. I love I love this one because I know exactly what it is because I, lo- I loved this line so much in this movie. You stupid bitch. I want to hear you say it. <laughs> You stupid bitch. You filthy slut. I'll teach you to fuck with me. That like perfectly sums up all the misogyny in this movie. Yep. Great I just, line. Like, Great she, line from she's Chucky. She's such a wholesome 80s mom and he calls her a filthy slut. Oh my God. <laughs> she's so nice. She just wants to protect her child. She's like the one person in this movie who's nice to her child. <laughs> and to wrap up every episode this season I am going to give a prediction on what I think the next entry in the series will be like I haven't seen any of these movies before and I love rewriting bad movies and so I thought it would be <laughs> saucity yeah saucity <laughs> um <laughs> uh, I thought that it would be interesting to try and guess what I think is going to happen in the next movie which I was already doing while I was watching the first one especially because Chucky seems to die a pretty comprehensive death at the end of the first movie (laughs) but then of course they give you the little tease because his body has disappeared at the end and so my prediction for Child's Play 2 which Megan has seen all of these but she will not verify if I'm right or not. My prediction is that a serial killer fanboy f- hears about Chucky and takes his 
doll body and does a voodoo incantation on him to bring him back to life. And then Chucky kills a bunch of people. That's my prediction for Child's Play 2. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here, folks. So you think that um, we're going to basically move into like a new thread with new characters. I think it's going to. Yes. I think it's going to be all new characters. And I think that because he's a serial killer who had like a degree of notoriety in the city, like he was on the news, people knew his name. I feel like that's going to bring out you know, the kind of crazy fan boys or fangirls. And so I feel like someone's going to have maybe heard about him, knew he was into voodoo, and they're going to try and bring him back um, maybe for their own personal gain or or something. But I don't, yeah, I think that that's that's what I would expect out of a second movie in this series. I, I cannot wait. Now to talk about <laughs> Child's Play 2. Yay! <laughs> Chucky 2, I forget what it's called. <laughs> um, that was a lot of fun, and I am really excited to talk with you about uh, your predictions and how they played out with the next movie. I'm actually really excited, too, and I think I'm going to go watch Child's Play 2 as soon as we're done recording here today. <laughs> yes! <laughs> fun. All right, guys. Well, we will catch you next week, and... We will find out how accurate Kate's predictions were. Watch out for your spooky dolls. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. Did you fuck with me? No! 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 No